I'm Victoria, and this podcast is all about running, marathon training, and run coaching. It is packed with useful tips to help you grow as a runner. I am a 13-time Boston qualifier and mom of two who started running as an adult. I learned a lot on my journey, and in 2014, I launched an online run coaching business to help other runners. Now, we employ several run coaches and are one of the largest online run coaching companies. We teach you the secrets to reaching your potential in the sport of running. We give real talk discussing personal stories of injuries, setbacks, and PRs. Think of this as a conversation with serial marathoners who share the lessons that we learned along the way. This is the Run for PRs podcast. How do you run during the off season and not get burnt out? This can be a really tough time for some athletes. We just came off of a summer of training and many people have ran or they are going to be running their goal race pretty soon. And after a really big buildup, like an entire summer of training and then executing on your goal race, there are usually two different types of people. There are those who want to continue training and just plow right through without really taking an adequate off season. These are typically more of like the type A people who just really like to stick to their routine and not really take um, breaks or just struggle with that the transitioning period where you might go from training a lot to not training as much. And then there are more of like the type B who want to take the time off and then maybe they struggle to get back into things because as pretty much anyone knows, once you take some time off, it can be hard to get back into the swing of things and get back into a routine again. And there's just a lot of challenges that come with having to get back into your regular running routine once you've taken some time off. I think any runner can relate to that. I mean, even if you take a few days off, I feel like it can be challenging to get back into the routine and feel like your old, super fit, peak shape self again. And so today on this podcast, we're going to be talking about a few different topics, but mainly what the ideal off-season is given your personal background. So everyone who's listening to this comes with a different background and what they've been doing the last year or two. So we're going to chat a little bit about different scenarios and maybe how much time you should take off and how long your off season should be. Um, Then we're going to be talking about how much time you need to take completely off of running. So depending on the length of your race and all of these factors, you're going to need to take some time where you're not doing any workouts at all. So like complete rest days, which can be really foreign to people. So we'll talk about what that complete rest is, Um, what's allowed, what isn't, and then maybe how long you should be taking that off based off of the different race distances that you've maybe raced this fall. Then we're also going to be talking about, um, you know, what's worse, maybe the person who's training too much or too little, and then what the consequences could be. So we'll be projecting into the future. So as of right now, people are like 
really thinking about the current moment and oftentimes we forget about where we want to be five years or even one year down the road. And so we're going to project into the future what happens if you decide not to take the time off or you decide that you're just going to take the entire winter off. We'll talk about how that's going to impact you say in six months and then 12 months from now and then you can take it from there. Um, We'll also talk about when you should be easing back into workouts, when you should start to ramp things back up, and some guidelines as to like what you should introduce back first. So you might be looking back just a couple weeks back if you're someone who just finished a marathon and maybe you're like, yeah, my peak week, I ran a 20 mile long run. I did a 10 mile workout with like six of those miles at threshold pace. And these things are like really fresh in your mind we're not ever going to really be at that point again unless you are peaking for a marathon. And so when we're reintroducing workouts, it's not going to look anything like what you were just recently doing. We're going to really be starting fresh and we're going to talk about how that process really works. So coming to that first question, um, what is the ideal time frame to really take an off season? Um, and that's really just going to depend on the type of distance that you've been training for. So Jason, I know you have a lot of experience with some of like the shorter distance athletes. So if anyone listening maybe was training for anything under a half marathon even, because I know you have a lot of the experience with the cross country and track at the college level. So talk a little bit about how the off season for someone who maybe focused on the 5K, 10K, or even a 10 miler, how their off season would look and what the ideal timeline is. Yeah, I'm glad you prefaced it that way with um, you know, how it might look different for everyone, depending on the distance they've been training for. And then also just kind of the, you know, the course of the calendar throughout the year, depending on when their races are. So the timing here is going to really depend if, you know, your, your a race is in the fall versus like uh, the spring and whatnot. So, um, typically for shorter distance races, once they've had their ser- series of uh, races that we've been focusing on, um, so they complete their a their last a race whatever distance that might be then we're going to kind of go into that off season which will consist of one or two weeks off of no running so it's basically just a complete um hit the pause button let them rest and um and then and then depending on kind of the level that the athlete's at um you know and depending on how many times they've gone through the off season before and and their uh, injury history and all that that'll kind of depend on how quickly we you know hit the reset button and let them start running again and so um, those first couple weeks back are going to consist of just running a few days a week, um, primarily easy mileage. Yeah, but I would say for the most part, one to two weeks is a pretty good ballpark for most people um, when we think about time off after their A race. Yeah, and I think most people would be a little bit surprised by the fact that you would take a complete week off from running, especially if you're someone who's been running five, six, maybe even seven days a week. Um, just it's such a drastic change mm-hmm. to go from training, training, training into taking a full week off, or like you even said, maybe potentially two weeks off. And I think maybe that surprised a lot of people. So I know in college cross country, uh, or maybe after track, that's that seems to be the right. common thing that you do. So um, why do you recommend taking oh, one to two weeks off just to try to help explain why this would work? Because I feel like if I was listening to this, I would be like oh man, that, that sounds really hard. Like, I don't want to do that. Right. And especially for an athlete who's been consistent year after year, right? You think about taking that much time off and it sounds like you're going to, you're worried that you're going to like lose fitness, right? And is it going to be worthwhile? But you're getting a lot of mental benefits, just kind of disconnecting from running during that time, maybe focusing on some other, other things. Um, 
But when we think about um, all adult runners, even who are really consistent throughout the year, if they're taking a week off, that's probably their only time throughout an entire year where they're getting that that um, back-to-back period of off days, right? And so if you pencil in a week every 365 days, that's really not that much, right? And so you might have like a goal spring race and then a goal fall race. And maybe after your spring race, your your little mini off season is not going to be a full week. Maybe it's just like a couple days and then you start your easy running. And so um, I think it's really good for, you know, to, to kind of look at the way um, college athletes do it and high school athletes, you know, at the end of the spring, they'll take off a week or two as they kick off summer and then they'll start their summer base mileage training. And that's sort of how we want to look at training um, for, you know, races, road races as well um, for various distances. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember that everyone's a little bit unique in this scenario. So I like how you said, you know, if you're an athlete who's been training year after year, month after month, year after year, it's like that's really why it's important to take that week off because if you haven't really taken any time off this might be the only time in the whole year that you're taking a week off or more than two days at a time Mm -hmm. Um, and that's really important and so let's say you're reflecting on your own training and you're like well actually you know this training cycle I actually had to take a week off because like my kid was sick or like I started this new job or like whatever reason that you've already kind of had these sporadic breaks in your training Mm -hmm. even if it wasn't a full week off maybe you've just been like really sporadic and you felt like you didn't really give your A game to the training cycle. Right. You had to take all these extra days off. Maybe in your case, maybe we're just going to take like two or three days off. Um, and that's always my recommendation, especially as a coach, because I coach so many people where like various things happen where it's like, oh, they already took an, ex- an extended time off. Or like, I also had a lot of people, it seemed like this summer, who had like they got COVID and so they took several weeks off and then it's like they took even an extended time to like get back into running and so for those people we might not do like the same prescription because you just kind of came back from a break and so that is just not to say that okay if you take a week off because you were sick you don't need to take an off season it's very it's on a case-by-case basis so if you did take a week off because you were sick and then maybe you took off like even extra time just because you weren't feeling it um those extra days kind of count towards something but if you're taking time off just because you are sick that's Mm -hmm. not really like a real off season because it's like your body um needed that in addition to everything else but as we move into the longer distance races um the half and the full marathon taking time off really it's the same prescription that we're kind of giving across the board to everyone and i think it becomes completely imperative regardless of what after a marathon that you're taking the 7 to 14 days completely off just because um of all the muscle damage that really happens after that distance it can really just do a lot to your body that maybe isn't going to mm-hmm. have the same impact if you were doing like a five 5k or 10k so the marathon distance it's really really important and we don't really make as many exceptions if any exceptions for right. taking those times off um the times where i do make the exception is if for example like an athlete um didn't and i'm using my air quotes right here if they didn't race the marathon so if they Maybe we're doing some sort of like a bucket list challenge where maybe they did two marathons in, I don't know, some people do Berlin and New York. And so it's like we have to find a way to make that work without taking like two full weeks off. 
So sometimes we'll do one of them we're racing and one of them we're just running for fun or maybe both of them we're just running. And so it, again, it's on a case by case basis, but I still think like bare minimum, you need to take several days off after a marathon, even if you just run it at an easy effort. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, it's it's very difficult to race two A races like that in a short time frame, whether it's a half or a full. It's just chances are it's one of them's not going to go well. Um, and so that's why we take that approach, right? If you're going to try to be doing two races back to back like that, um, figuring out what's really the best approach for for each athlete. Um, and you know, obviously, how much time you take in between those two races might vary too. Per, per athlete like if I was trying to do that I would probably still need five days to a week in between whereas you could get away with just taking like one or two days or just doing a short shakeout run that sort of thing so I think it really depends too on the experience the athlete has what level they're at you know their injury history all those factors to really figure out you know how many days we should take definitely and I think like as we're having this discussion I know later in this podcast we're going to talk about projecting into the future and kind of like what will happen if you don't follow these rules sort of thing It is important to realize and just acknowledge that being on social media, being on Strava, seeing all these people, you are going to see people who don't take any time off, like literally run the next day after a marathon. Um, I've done 22 marathons at the time of recording this podcast, and there were marathons where I had like this run streak again air quotes because it's just it's crazy to think about but I had a run streak where like I ran every single day and so after some of my marathons yeah I did like a run after and the whole time it was painful it felt stupid and it was just like full of regret so what I learned in those experiences is that it's just like not worth it and I know sometimes runners of course I know that runners can be very very stubborn and sometimes you just like get caught up in like the data or you just want to see if you can get away with certain things and I think that was really like the allure for me as like I just liked the idea of pushing my body's limits but there becomes a place where it's like you're doing too much and, and you know it too so I think we really just need to be cautious and so just because your body physically can do something what I like people to think about is where you see yourself like in the future and just projecting like is this going to help me six months down the road how am I going to feel about doing this because in the moment it maybe seems like a big deal to take a week off but it's going to help with your longevity later and so in those instances where I had those run streaks that I was doing um, I ended up like reaching a point of either burnout or illness or just having you know, like lethargy in the sport, like having no motivation. And those are a result of really just like pushing during times where it wasn't necessary to push. And so the day after a marathon, it makes sense to rest. But if you're constantly making yourself push, push through all of this uncomfortable, just on mm-hmm. a day-to-day basis, um, you might think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm becoming mentally tougher, but it's really just emptying your mental toughness and making you weaker over time and I also have a friend who she had a seven and a half year run streak and so she ran through a lot of things a lot of days after marathons and towards the end of it there she was just saying how miserable running made her and she like hated it and it was such a chore 
Um, so I think learning from those people who have done it, it's, it is good just because sometimes people, they're, they want to push the limits and they want to just use their body almost as an experiment, which if you want to do that, it's right. totally fine. But I'm just sharing these experiences because I wish maybe someone would have been like, I've done it. It's not worth it. Cause sometimes you hear about it and you read the science and you know what you're supposed to do, but there's just that, I don't know if it's because I was in my 20s or whatever, like you just want to push the envelope. Yeah, and I know some people can get away with doing that, right? Like your friend ran seven-year run streak. But for most people, I think at some point you have to think, is it going to be you that has control over when you want to take your rest days because you have that mm. discipline? Or is it going to be your body telling you, you know what, um, you really got to stop. Like via, either an injury creeps up on you or you get sick, like you were saying. And so... Really, the the key to longevity in the sport is taking that time, and um, it just helps sort of hit the reset and helps you maybe even approach that next cycle differently, you, you know, or maybe you realize, like, during that time, you want to try a different goal or whatever it is, and so I think it's it's always good to take that time. Um, you know, I think even professional athletes, they, they've probably gotten good at taking the time because they have a yeah. coach, right, who forces that, but I think they've, some of them have probably even had to learn, right, and how to do that, and... Um, you know, I think that's why college athletes, they're pretty much going to follow that, that plan. Whatever that plan says to do in the summer, they're going to follow it. So if it says first two weeks in June, you're off, you're going to take that time off and then you're going to start. And so I think it's just smart to take the time off. And it doesn't, I guess it doesn't mean you have to be completely not doing anything. You can still go for a walk or maybe go on, maybe like you haven't rode your bike in a long time. You can go out on an easy bike ride or something. Whatever it is, it'll kind of help you feel like you did something. Um, I think that that's, that's a positive thing. Yeah, definitely. And I think what you said about like who's in control, you or the running, I think that's just like a good reflection question and something to think about, especially with all these like run streaks sometimes you see. And I know sometimes runners can be really like compulsive when it comes to their running. It's like they want to hit a certain weekly mileage. They don't want to take time off, all those things. And just important to be aware that like exercise addiction is real. And um, there's just a lot of things that can come about if you ever are feeling in that you maybe aren't having a great relationship with exercise. You want to make sure that you're maintaining a healthy relationship with exercise. So once you start kind of blurring those lines of like, I'm never taking a day off and I have to run every day, all of these like rules maybe we have for our running, it's really important that we maintain a healthy relationship and we don't start blurring those lines because I think there were times when I was maybe doing these run streaks or even with my friend where it's like, it starts to kind of get dicey there. And I remember I used to have this old boss, um, gosh, probably like seven years ago now, who it was when I had my 550 day run streak and everyone kind of in the office knew that I ran every day and it was almost like a joke. I think they were making fun of me but at the time I thought they were like impressed by right. it. But no, like <laughs> the old CFO he used to be like, isn't that like disordered? And I was like, what are you talking about? And I, I thought it was like, I thought he just didn't yeah. understand. I was like, no, no, no. Like it's not like I'm running every day. It's healthy. And he was like, no, but it it's kind of sounds like OCD. And like he's just like straight face about it. And then I was like, no, he just doesn't get it. He's not active. And then I thought about it a little bit and I was like, it actually kind of, <laughs> like, kind of is. Like if you feel like you have to, like this compulsive to run every day. So anyways, I don't know. There's this such a side topic of like run streaks, but it's the same like 
thing, right? Taking time off, not wanting to take time off. All of those factors are at play, but this is all about the off season. Off season is important. And after we take those one or two weeks off, so I know they can be really challenging to do, but they are really important. We still want to have an off season, right? So it's not take one to two weeks off and then jump right back in. We need to have a gradual approach to getting back into the training. And so like this can be challenging in of itself because there's like this lull in our training where we're not like in our peak fitness. And I actually find this time to be really challenging because I don't like feeling like I'm not in peak shape, um, so to speak. Right. So how does one navigate the weeks after that initial rest where you're not running at all? And so also I should add, when you're doing the one to two weeks of rest where you're not running at all, what sort of activities are allowed? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, it'll kind of depend on, like, how how active, um, how frequently you took rest days throughout your training, right? And so what did you used to do on rest days? Maybe maybe you just start with light things like walking or hiking or, you know, kayaking, stuff like that. Um, and then you can start, maybe that second week after a few days pass, you could start adding in stuff you were doing during training, maybe strength training or biking, um, elliptical, whatever. But once you get into those that first week or two of uh, running again, you know, uh, to, to know how much to do, I think this can be tricky. It'll it'll sort of depend on how much you were running during your training and what you're training for. You know, if you if you're sort of low mileage as it is and you're only running three to four days a week, um, we're probably going to start off with the three days a week. It's just going to be maybe a little bit shorter runs, right? And it, but if you were someone that was running six days a week, we might start off with four or five days that first week back, and it might just be you know a huge reduction of what you were doing. So it's probably like twenty to thirty percent. I would say of your your average mileage or your peak mileage that's probably what you're going to start with that first week back yeah so yeah i think starting with like every other day running mm-hmm. is always a good good bet because if you're someone who's running like six days a week during peak training it can get complicated so i like to just say you know start with a 20 minute easy no strides nothing super mm-hmm. slow super easy um take a day off then the next day do like 30 minutes right. and then it's like take a day off the next day you do another 30 minutes you kind of see how you feel assess um you probably won't feel great uh mm-hmm. if you do wow i am impressed but the idea is that you're still kind of in that recovery mode actually so if you did a marathon it, it's going to take you about a month to actually feel probably 100 percent um after that so if you're just not feeling it in that let's say you take a week off you start running again and like your first run back is just terrible second run back terrible maybe just take the rest of that week off right so kind of play that second week by ear um let's say you take two weeks off and your first run back is terrible your second run back terrible give it some time um depends on like what you're comparing it to right so like if you're comparing it to how you felt the couple days before your marathon you might just it's just kind of how you mm-hmm. might feel during marathon recovery. But if you're feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm injured, or like, I think there's seriously something wrong, like I need to get my blood work done, I think that can be something that you can utilize during this period. And yeah, just taking it week by week. Keeping a log, I think, is also really important because I think sometimes we can look at our training the previous week through like rose colored glasses and be like, oh, I felt so much better that week, or like you forget maybe how you felt that first run back. And it's also nice to have a training log where you can write down your thoughts so that 
let's say you do another marathon next year it's good to know exactly how you were feeling in those moments right after your run so you have a diary and a log to look back on um so what do you recommend people do in that first like month as they're easing back in besides every other days and keeping things like under 45 minutes yeah i like how you talk about time base I'll, a lot of times when i transition athletes back from a race i'll have their first like two to three weeks be time-based runs only because we're not worrying about any workouts right and so it's just going to be um, and i don't even want them focusing on the mileage because it's really not important right just going out and assessing how they feel that's what's important getting the blood flowing again getting back to the routine of running um and then so that's really the number one thing to focus on um and then the second thing is just overall the um yeah, depending on what they were doing for training prior to that um we're going to we're gonna and and this again this depends on like how soon they maybe have a race on the calendar right so if they have a race like maybe it's like eight weeks away um we're probably gonna have to start a workout before i would for someone that has like no races planned right so um kind of that those first few weeks are the transition weeks back to running they're they might look different depending on um you know each at each athlete but the um, you're not going to have any workouts really until probably three to four weeks after you've been running consistently. So it's, and then those first few workouts are just going to be progression or strides at the end, that sort of thing. Yeah. And so I think Turkey trot is pretty common, at least if you're in the States. Oof, yep. Um, so coming up here, you know, right after, if you do a Chicago or, or whatever, it's like, yeah, you got, what is that? Right. I don't know, six, six ish weeks between, um, maybe less and so that's always a tough split um i usually just recommend people go in with the low expectations to those because typically it's yeah. like you're not if you just ran a marathon you're not gunning for a pr performance base and, and just having those expectations kind of managed before you head into the race um is always great and so maybe that 5k 10k is the first opportunity to do more of like a progression run or like a tempo type effort since you had your marathon. Um, but I like how you mentioned easing back into workouts. So I like to recommend no workouts for at least four weeks after marathon. At the four week mark, you can maybe add in your first workout and it's gonna be really low volume. So what does low volume mean? That means maybe when you were peaking for your marathon, you did upwards of six miles worth of work in a workout. So what that might look like is six by one mile or three by two mile. So that's a really high volume workout and we're not gonna be anywhere near there. That is like peak of the peak. We're not gonna touch anything close to that. So what you might do for your first workout back is maybe like six minutes of work or 10 minutes, even though it's kind of stretching mm -hmm. it, of work. What would that look like? Well, it could look a variety of different ways. It could look like three by two minute, <laughs> just pickups. It could look like six by one minute pickups. It could look like 10 minute tempo. It, it could really just vary. But the idea is with that first workout back that you're just getting the legs turning over. You're yep. just seeing what's available. You're just getting your body used to running at a faster pace again. We're not mm -hmm. really trying to build a lot of fitness with this first workout. We're not trying to set any new records. It's just like that intro, like the first one back. Um, sometimes I like to add in strides before we do that first workout for a week, just so that the body like knows what's coming up. So I don't do strides 
or I don't recommend doing strides for at least three weeks after your marathon, just to give the legs a little bit of a break. So after that, you can do a workout like a week later. Um, another really popular workout that I like to do is the progression run. That's a good one just because you can do it at a really easy pace for the majority. So mm-hmm. let's say you're someone that usually runs your easy pace at like 9.30 or 10 minute pace. You could do like a five mile progression run and it could be something like first mile at 11 minute pace, second mile at 10.30, then 10, 9.30 and nine. And so that's not really even a workout. It's just more of a getting your body used to going in that progressive order and then like finishing at a moderate hard effort. Um, So that's why sometimes it can be hard to say do a progression run because people can take that in different ways. You can make it like race, like a race, or you could make it like really easy. So I'm talking about like a really easy end of progression run. And then easing into things. Um, And I think it's really important with that volume of workout to keep it pretty low. So I talked about maybe the first workout only being six to 10 minutes. And then the next workout maybe only being like 10 to 15 minutes worth of work. Keeping the volume low and still keeping the paces that we're working at for these workouts relatively easy Mm -hmm. when we're talking about workouts. So we're not doing anything at like one mile pace. We're not doing anything really at 5K pace. We're sticking to about steady state threshold zone. We're right. not trying to just crush it during these um, time periods. And week by week, so maybe you do one workout the first week, and then the second week, we only want to increase the volume of these workouts week by week by no more than 10%. So if the first week you did like 20 minutes of workouts or whatever, the next week maybe we're still sticking with 22 minutes at the most because we're only building by like 10%. Obviously, that's not like a hard and fast rule, but I like to use it as a guideline because I think sometimes people are like, well, you know, I did, you know, a couple weeks worth of easy workouts and then I took the training wheels off and just decided to go for the gold, like four by one mile, like after a couple days. Um, What other sort of workouts and rules do you have when it comes to the off season and not overdoing it? Yeah, I think you painted a really good picture. I start off with a lot of the same workouts, like six by a minute might be the first workout. And, you know, I think depending on the athlete, some athletes might not feel good for three, four workouts, right? They may all feel really hard. Other times, some athletes are going to be ready to roll on that first workout because they've just been like holding holding back, right, on all their easy runs. And part of that might depend on the time of year too, right, if it's heat of the summer and that sort of thing. Um, but I think the, the, the workouts you need to build in terms of um, uh, duration or intensity or minutes, like you said, or, and then also the intensity and the effort. So, you know, each time you're maybe adding a little bit more. Um, and then, so, you know, the first one, six by one minute, next one I usually do is like three by four, three by five, just more at like a tempo pace, right? And so, um, and then after like the third or fourth workout, then I'll start to maybe gauge i'll start to do workouts that are going to set them up for the next race distance that they want to do so if they're going to focus on the 5k we're going to do shorter interval type work if their next race is going to be a half or a full then we'll probably stick with some a little bit a little bit slower work but i think yeah i think it just depends and that's a really good progression and you know each week they should get a little bit harder um but i think that i think you're hopefully going to feel better on them as well as you go because you're getting used to doing workouts again Yep, and easing back in too. So if you do your first workout, it sucks, and you just are like, I don't think I'm ready to do these again. It's better to take extra weeks off now than 
grind your way through a couple workouts then realize like oh actually I didn't take enough time off and that's kind of what happened to me during the summer so I took a month off after my marathon no workouts nothing and then it's like I started doing a few workouts felt kind of not great but I just kept going and then it's like next thing you know a month later I was like yep should have just taken that whole second month just off or easy and so it's better to to take the time now so if you're like earing on the side of oh I'm not sure should I like go hammer it or should I it just always ear on the side of caution because it's a long time until the next season so for a lot of people it's like if you, if you have a fall or a spring race coming up so like Boston or like Glass City you got a lot of time and you don't want to end up in January February being like I'm done like you know you want to make sure you're feeling the right things at the right time so I think off season it's good to kind of feel not great and to lean into that allow your body to have that hibernation that time off and not have to be crushing it all the time Um, and what you'll find is that when you do feel good again and you're ready to rock and roll it's way easier to gain fitness back um, than it is to gain it the first time. So you're gonna get back to that fitness level. Don't worry so much about like, quote unquote, losing fitness. It's really easy to gain it back. If you've ever been to a certain level and you take a little bit of an off season, all it takes is a couple of weeks of consistent training to like get back to that level and then you're gonna start to even run faster paces. So you just want to make sure you're progressing at the right level. Now I think it's a good time to start talking about projecting into the future because we did kind of touch on that, like Glass City, Boston, all these spring races. And as you alluded to, it really depends on like what you're training for in the spring. Um, so there's a variety of scenarios that could be happening with your running and what your goals are long-term, short-term. And so whenever I start working with a new athlete, I always like to know, like, what are your long-term goals? Because that's really important so that we get an idea for where you want to go um, in the short-term. So if you don't really know what you want to do long-term, maybe brainstorm on that. Try to figure it out. Um, sometimes it's like, I want to qualify for a Boston by the time I'm this age or whatever. And so if that's your long-term goal, then we set up short-term goals to get there. So... If your goal is to qualify for Boston, but you're at like a four-hour marathon, you need to get down to like 3.30, let's say, we might do a whole year focus on speed so we can get some of these 5K, 10K benchmarks down. Maybe then we like race a fast half and you could spend 12 to 18 months just focusing on that. And then we get to the end of that 18-month mark and maybe you don't race anything except for two half marathons. And maybe you take your half from a one, like 55 to 143. And then boom, you're in shape to be able to do a marathon in a couple after a marathon training cycle that's in an alignment with 330. Um, so every goal is different, right? So maybe you're someone who you've done like 20 marathons and you keep running the same time and you just want to 
try something new. So you're like, I just want to break out of this rut. I want to try something new. And maybe we, we figure out what that is. But I think it's really important to define what your goals are so that you can have a training plan that is specific to what your long-term goals are so that you can see where you want to go in the future and be really motivated and intentional of how we get there. And so the off season is a really good time to reflect on what are my goals? And so maybe what your goals were going into your fall race, maybe what you thought you wanted to do in 2023, it's really not what you want to do anymore. And so give yourself time and space to reevaluate your goals, figure out if it still makes sense, figure out if you need to kind of adjust your sales a little bit and see what your race lineup should look like because you really want to go into the year with kind of a clear picture of where you want to be in the spring and the fall so that you can train accordingly. And I think working with a coach that can really help you guide because I think all of our coaches here on for PRs, that is a conversation that we have with our athletes. We try to figure out what's the long term how can we get you there breaking up into the short term? And so projecting in the future, super important. Yeah, I mean, you did a good job uh, painting a picture of just being intentional, right? And using that time to reflect on uh, long-term goals, really. That's what it boils down to, right? And so that's okay if you don't know what races you maybe want to do. But in the back of your mind, if you know you want to you know, break a four-hour marathon someday and you want to give that another shot, um, you know, give yourself that time, like you were saying, maybe it's like 18 months down the road or two years down the road and, um, and then figure out what do you need to do to get there. And so I think it's really good to, um, add some new training stimuli to your, um, routine. If you haven't done speed before, focus on speed. Um, maybe you're someone that's only done 5k, 10k work and it's sort of time to maybe work on longer work, like threshold half marathon pace work. And so you're going to start focusing on, um, building up that endurance a bit. And so I think it really is, um, yeah, it's a really cool time to, reflect and make sure that you change something up so that you're not burning the candle too quickly. You know, you talked about people maybe burning out um, in their fall for their spring marathon in in February. Um, You know, and I know a lot of people, they get so excited, they want to train really fast all winter. And then about eight weeks in, they're feeling great. And then two weeks later, they're feeling burnt out. And so that's what we want to avoid, right? Is how to to keep it sustainable, um, how to keep that motivation going um, all the way through the race. Yeah, I think defining your goals is super important and it comes into play during the off season for sure because there are those two different types of athletes as I talked about in the intro. The one who's going to train too much after the marathon, the one that I kind of used to be with the run streak and running after my race, all that stuff. And then there's the other type where they maybe just take too much time off after a marathon. And I think both of those are a result of not having clear goals and not having like a clear destination of like, okay, this is what I really want to do. And then it's like you don't have a clear path, so you just start kind of doing whatever, or you you lose the vision, you're not really sure, and so you're just wandering. And so I think if you have the goals set out, you'll list what they are. You don't even have to share them with anyone. As long as you know them and you know why you're doing your activities, it's like every day you can be intentional. Say, oh, you know, I have to rest today because... I really want to hit this goal and this is why I'm resting today because I have a workout in a couple of days or I have a training cycle that's starting in a couple of weeks. All of those things, being intentional, having the purpose behind each of the runs that you're doing and really knowing what that is. And so what's worse, the person who trains too much or too little, I think they can both be 
um, bad, right? Like we want to really train with a purpose and have intention behind everything that we're doing. Um, and that's going to look different for, for everyone, but we want to make sure like the motivation is there and that like the intention is there behind each of the training runs that we're doing within a cycle. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like this has been an interesting conversation in terms of setting goals and all of those things. So do you have any tips for people who are in the off season and maybe like struggling to get back into things or struggling to like see the point right. of running? Because I know sometimes in the winter or after a big race, it can be like hard to get back into things. Yeah, well, I think some people, you know, they run their A race and then the tendency might be they take too much time off, right? And so they think they don't need to follow the plan during that period. Maybe they have good intentions. They're going to run when they, um, you know, unstructured whenever they feel like it. And their, their goal is to maybe to run two to three days a week, right? Um, but I think, and I've seen that work well for some athletes and other athletes come back to me three months later and they haven't ran one step, you know? And so I think it really just depends. And I, I think for most people, if they can go into the off season with a clear plan, um, and and do some form of training right so even if it's just like running easy four days a week whatever it is or maybe it is starting maybe it's doing um one you know one month of uh you know a couple weeks off a couple weeks of easy running then you transition back to workouts and it's speed focused and whatnot um once you sort of got that momentum going a little bit it's much much easier to maintain that going forward as you actually get into the launch of your training cycle but it's really hard maybe i think to start a train cycle and then generate momentum that way so it's easier to kind of keep it going and launch right into the training cycle, you're gonna be further ahead of where you um, would have been had you taken all this time off. And so think about that. Think about like maybe where you were previously when you started the training cycle for your last race and what can you do now to get yourself a little bit further ahead when you start your next training cycle? Yeah, definitely. I, I think there's definitely the two camps of people and it can be really hard if you take too much time off to, to get back into things. And one of the first clients that I coached like, I don't know, it was probably eight years ago now, she was really like great for like first year, always just super motivated, like did all the training and then slowly like after every training cycle, it was like, it would be harder and harder to kind of get back into things. And we're good friends now and I'm sure she's totally fine with me telling the story, but it's just like, it got so hard each time. And so like with each passing cycle, it's like more time was taken off. And like, it was almost like she would ask me, can you just like text me and, and tell me to run? And, and it got really to the point where I think there was one training cycle where like she literally didn't, didn't even really train like at all. Like maybe did a couple, couple runs and, and then she did like a marathon. And it was just like, she was one of those people where she would never not do the race. So I was like, maybe we shouldn't do it. And she's like, yeah, I, I probably won't. And then she like do it anyways, just because yeah, runners come in all types, right? But it was really hard because the motivation to train just like got harder and harder and I'm sure like there's so many different reasons for why that happens to people but sometimes it can be like a conflict conflicting values or like conflicting goals like it's just hard to stay committed to something when it either looks like it's way way too much so like you fall off track or like you're trying to follow a plan like you fall off track and then it's like, oh my gosh, to get back on that plan, oh, whoa, like it's way too much. Um, so sometimes that can be a result of like having plans that are like too overwhelming. And so that's why working with the coach helps because your coach can just like adjust the plan based on what's going on. Or like if you take a week off, hey, let's ease back into things. Let's not do what we previously had planned. Let's just do like every other day running. Or being able to have that like open communication and dialogue of like, 
hey, like I know last training cycle, I was running four days a week and I felt really good. Well, this training cycle, I'm really struggling and like I just think maybe the half is a better option or being able to be open and flexible with yourself because like I said, your goals can sometimes change and your intentions maybe are changing and you want to be training for an event that gets you going, makes you excited and giving yourself the flexibility to do that I think can really help with the longevity in the sport and allowing you to really reach your potential. Um, Because I've definitely seen that time and time again of people just um, stopping running altogether mm-hmm. and it, i definitely think during covid that was a thing too because like yeah races got canceled um there's just so many reasons why people struggle getting back into things and i think if you don't have an event to train for or you're training for an event you're not interested in that can be one of those um things that kind of gets gets in the way but i think communicating those things so like that's why working with a coach is awesome because you can communicate kind of like what you're thinking and all of our coaches here it's like We've all kind of been through our own little funks with the running and we all have like our own experiences and we can totally relate to like pretty much every athlete that has any sort of feelings towards their training because running can be really hard um, mentally, especially like during these times where like we're not really sure what we want to train for and sometimes just like brainstorming and like bouncing ideas off of your coach and having that open dialogue can really help because you'll be like, oh, I'm not the only runner that that's ever had these feelings and I can still kind of make it through this lull because I think what happens with a lot of athletes is it's really exciting for like a couple of years and you get PR after PR and it's like so easy to get faster and sometimes you like reach this place where you're like okay I don't um I don't think like I can PR as easily and it's gonna be really hard for me to reach that next level and man, I'm not sure that I really want to do that training cycle coming up and I I need to like pivot in order to stay motivated and consistent and brainstorming and ways that you can do that with a coach can help a lot. Yeah, I think it kind of comes back to, um, you know, if you you do the same thing over and over again, you might not, you're going to get the same result. And so you got to think about what can you do differently to grow in the sport, right? So your approach might need to change slightly or maybe being a little bit more disciplined during your off season might be something you, you need to do or you know figuring out what'll make that happen. Maybe it's following a plan or whatnot. Um, yeah, so I think um, everything you mentioned is a great reason why you should work with a coach. And the, the athletes that I've worked with year after year, you know, the reason they are successful um, is because they are consistent, right? We limit their time off. We have a vision for their off season. Um, they don't necessarily always know what race they're gonna do, but at least they still have some accountability in training peaks. And it's nice to be able to look back and see, um, you know, patterns over the years, like how we how we recovered from a certain maybe uh, race or injury, that sort of thing. And so it's nice to have someone, I think, in your court that is going to kind of look out for you and guide you um, and share ideas with you. So Definitely. And I know, like, our podcast name is Run for PRs, and, like, so is our business name. But like you were saying, some of the athletes I've worked with for, like, five-plus years – um it's definitely not all about prs and you know i kind of named the business that when i was like in a place with my running where i just like was like all i cared about really was prs and that was almost a decade ago now and then you know a few years later i'm like okay that was kind of a silly thing to name it because eventually you maybe reach a place where you don't really care about prs anymore or you just have other goals but i think it's something that resonates with like all runners you know like you can run for a variety of different reasons. So like 
a personal record doesn't necessarily have to mean like time-based and so I know for a lot of people you hear the word PR and you think that means like oh you know taking your marathon best from four hours to 350 but it can mean like setting a personal record in anything like you can set a personal record in how happy you are during your race or how much fun you had or trying something new like doing your first trail race like it's a personal record because it's the first time you've done mm-hmm. it um doing your first like ultra marathon doing your first triathlon it's just about stepping outside of your comfort zone and becoming the best version of yourself and it doesn't even have to be time-based because inevitably with age and whatnot um, we all will kind of have our fastest days that maybe are behind us eventually and there's always another reason to run and I think that's just a really important reminder for anyone who maybe didn't (laughs) run a PR this fall or just like doesn't care about running PRs anymore there's still so many reasons to run outside of the time-based goals so if you're feeling like you're in a place where you just don't care about time-based goals you're definitely still part of this community and running is so much more than running for PRs but we hope that you really enjoyed this episode I'm not really sure how technical we got but you know this time it's more about the mental side of things and it's good to chat about that especially during the off season because a lot of people go through some mental funks during the off season and so hopefully this resonated with some people and maybe was helpful in some ways and if you are interested in working with a coach i know we talked a little bit more about that than we normally do on this podcast episode only because the off season can be a really important time for that athlete coaching relationship for the variety of different reasons we chatted about. Um, If you are interested in being connected with a coach, we would love to get you set up and connected with someone that has experience working with someone with your background. We basically pick based off of your background and your goals and we get you connected with a coach who would work really well with you. We have 19 different coaches at this time and we'd love to connect with connect you with one who is really um, an expert in your area. So if you're interested in that, you can fill out the form at www.runforprs.com. Again, that's www.runforprs.com to get set up with a free seven day trial, no strings attached.